before we do that, let's welcome those who are joining us online. If you are listening by podcast or watching the video, we'd just like to give you a very warm welcome. And if you're ever in our area, we'd love to have you join one of our services. And if the messages have blessed you in any way, do write and let us know. Church, can we say a big hello to those who are joining us? Great to have you here. I want to begin by reading a portion of Scripture out of the voice version. It's not a common version of the Bible, but the voice version of the Bible. And I'm reading it because as I read it, it certainly did stir something in my heart. It's Ephesians 5, verse 15, and it goes like this. It says, so be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Are you living life carefully? Some people just live life willy-nilly. They live it however they, I'm just going to do whatever I want. But the Bible says here, be careful how you live. And then goes on to say, be mindful of your steps. In other words, be mindful of how you walk. Are there, are there situations that you are walking into that maybe you shouldn't be walking into? Maybe there's situations or choices that you're making where you're choosing to walk out of situations where you should be consolidating where you stand in those moments. Be mindful of your steps. Be careful how you live and be mindful of your steps. It goes on to say, don't run around like idiots. Don't you just love the Bible? Don't run around like idiots as the rest of the world does. Don't just do what everybody else is doing. Don't just live how everybody else is living as the rest of the world does. Instead, walk as the wise. And what I love about this, when it says walk as the wise, it's not saying you actually have to be wise. Because some of that, you know, I I mean, for me, that might be a bit of a struggle. It's not saying you have to be wise. It says just walk as the wise. In other words, find out who is a wise person. See how they walk. See how they live and do what they do. Walk as the wise. And I love this, verse 16, I love this. Make the most of every living and breathing moment. Isn't that beautiful? Make the most of every living and breathing moment. In other words, don't waste your time. Make the most of every living and breathing moment. Why? Because the days are evil. In the NIV, the same scripture is worded a little bit different. It goes like this. See then that you walk circumspectly. Just just carefully think about your life. Not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. But I love that. Make the most of every living and breathing moment. The word redeem there in the Greek that's used in that passage in the NIV means to rescue from loss. Make the most of the time that you have. Why? Because our time is precious. Your time is precious. So I want to ask you here today, how do you spend your time? How do you spend your time? It's important to know. Thomas Edison said this. He said, Time is not a commodity that can be stored for future use. It must be invested hour by hour or else it is gone forever. Benjamin Franklin said, Do not squander time for it is the stuff of which life is made. Isn't that true? I ask you today, 
Connect Church, do you value your time? Sometimes I think we don't see our time as inherently valuable. If it was like a, a, a bottle of water and someone said, uh, could I have a drink? We, we sometimes go, oh yeah, take a drink, have, have, a, have a drink. What, what if that was the last bottle of water you had? And you were stuck in the outback somewhere and you didn't know when you were going to get rescued. Wouldn't that bottle of water suddenly take on a different perspective? Wouldn't its value, wouldn't it suddenly become, suddenly as you're in a different circumstance, when you can, it, it starts to have a value. And if someone said, give me a drink, you say, you can have a sip. Because you finally understood the value of time. I pray today that you would understand the value of your time. And the preciousness of it. Do you value your time? Do you see it as precious? Do you make the most of every living? That's almost like a sila moment. Do you, do you make the most of it? That, that, that means to pause, to wait, to... To think about, do you make the most of every living and breathing moment? I mean, we, we sort of breathe without even thinking about it. It's just like it becomes, but, but when we stop and think about that, are we making the most of our time? Do we make the most of every living and breathing moment? Or do we live like time is some kind of unending resource of which it is not. Ralph W. Sockman said this, time is the deposit each one of us has in the bank of God and no one knows the balance. And the truth is, in today's society, people are, are, are busy these days. They're really busy. In fact, people will say things like this, I don't have time. I don't have any. I don't have Time, and if I'm to redeem time, where do, I, where do I get it Get it from? We say things like, I'll try and find the time. I'll try and find it. Well, I don't know where it is, but I'll try and find the time. And as someone has said, the truth is lost time is never found. It's gone, it's gone. And it's true, so maybe... Maybe it's not so much about how do we find it. Maybe it's about changing how we spend the time that we have. When we speak about money and, and people are in financial trouble, any budgeter will first look at that person and they'll sit them down and say, well, where are you spending your money? And you'll look at that and you're spending on way too many lattes and you're spending on too many times going to the movies or whatever. And you need to pull that back. And, and we would look at those spending habits and we would say, if we can pull back that and start to pay down debt, you'll be able to crawl yourself back into financial health. Well, how do you spend time? What are your time spending habits? Where do you invest your time. If we're to rescue it, if to redeem it is to rescue it from loss, we have to look where we spend it. And I want to do that today by looking at one area of a life, just one. We can look at many, but I just want to look at one area where I think we spend 
time, if I was to ask people here, if I was to ask you, what do you spend your time on? I think a lot of people would say this. People spend a lot of time on this. It's gone very quiet in here. I've been listening to an audio book this week called Irresistible. Irresistible. It's by a guy named Adam Alter, and it's subtitled this. Irresistible is subtitled this, The Rise of Addictive Technology and the Business of Keeping Us Hooked. And it's talking about the addictive nature of our mobile devices and our apps. And I, I, let me just say before we get into it, I am not against technology. Don't worry, I'm not a technophobe or whatever. I'm not uh, against people. I, I love that. My, my problem is I love technology and that's the problem. I love it. And part of the reason, because I love it, gets me part of the problem that we're going to talk about today. So it's about the rise of addictive technology and the business of keeping us hooked. So it's talking about the addictive nature of our mobile devices and apps. And what the book is actually saying is it's saying you really can, listen, my friend, there is science behind this. You really can become addicted to your smartphone. So I'm realizing even as I'm speaking here today in the in this service and in the last service, I, I, I realized today that I could be speaking to addicts. I'm trying to be sensitive here. I, I realize I could be, you could be sitting next to an addict right now. See, some people are leaving already. It's just, it's how it's happening. I know it's, the pressure's on. I know it's, people are getting uncomfortable. Have you ever thought, Am I spending too much time on my, my phone? Has that ever been a thought? Oh, man, I'm, I'm just taking way too long on, on, on my phone. And may, maybe you haven't thought that, but maybe other people in your family have thought that. Maybe people have said to you, hey, can you get off your phone? You're, you're taking way too long. Uh, and I'm not going to get a show of hands because I know it, it feels awkward. But, but have you ever had that experience? People say, hey, could you get off? Your phone. I know in our home we have a rule, no phones at the table, and, 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 and it's like the wrath of God, or at least Anita anyway, will come down if you try and use your phone at the table. It doesn't matter who you are, even me. But have you ever had that experience when, when, when somebody else has told you, hey, you need to get off your phone? A man named Kevin Holash asked that same question. He was an app developer, and he felt, man, I, I think I'm spending too much time on my phone. And understand, I'm not talking about any other area, any other screen. I'm not talking about computers. I'm not talking about TV. I'm not talking about all these. I'm just talking about this one thing. And he was, he was like, I think I'm spending too much time on my phone. And you might be thinking, well, well, it's just a phone. It's just an apple. But can I just tell you, fruits got man into trouble sometime before. I, there's a story about that. Androids know better. 
But he's like, I wonder how much time I'm spending on my phone. Because he's like, I, I think I'm, sp- I don't know if I'm spending too much, but I, but I wonder, I think it's sort of interfering with my family. And so let me see. And so he developed an app called Moment. Everybody say Moment. Moment. We'll take some time to download that this week. Not in the service. But this week, take some time to down the, download the app called Moment. Because Moment tracks how much time, screen time. It doesn't track things like telephone calls or things like that, because it, it is actually a telephone, or at least it was. <laughs> it was a telephone. It's become so much more. But it doesn't track those type of things. It doesn't track things like when you're, when you're doing the exercise and the screen's off. It's talking about actual, the time you're looking at the screen. It might only just be for a few seconds, or, hurry, I got an email, or, ooh, who's that who's talking to me? It's that type of thing. It just tracks it just um, for a moment. He did this, and of course, friends came and said, hey, could we, could we also have that app? We need to track it too, and it's now used by millions of people. And so the data that's come in is astounding. And what he found surprised him, in fact, surprised a lot of people. Here's what it revealed. Here's what the data revealed. It revealed that people picked up their mobile device roughly, listen, 40 times during the day, 40 times, and spent, listen, on average, on average, this is just average, this is not like, wow, you are a freak, I mean, this is just like average, okay, on average, three hours a day, just go, oh, what's that, oh, email, oh, look at that, selfie, (laughs) three hours, everybody say three hours. That is, if you hadn't figured it out, 180 minutes of your day. Pick it up 40 times, 180 minutes. Like I said, I'm not talking about any other screen. I'm not talking about TVs. I'm not just your phone. The average use of your smartphone. It's smart. But here's the thing. Most people who... He talked with about the data. Most of the people who the data were collected from when they were asked, how much time do you think you're spending on it? Most of them said, like an addict maybe, nothing, not much. I'm just checking. Hey, do you need to be? I'm just checking. I've been, I've been doing, I'm just checking. Most people believe that they've spent at least half that amount of time. Just, I ran about, maybe I picked it up maybe 10 times. That's what I thought. And so I downloaded Moment. Do you want to know my data? <laughs> I'm going to ask you about yours in a minute. But here's the thing. Is I, I, I downloaded it on Friday, September the 8th, and it tells me that I was on my phone screen time looking at it like this, not phone calls, not because it doesn't recall those, three hours and 23 minutes. It was a shock. On Saturday, three hours, another three hours and 23 minutes. On Monday, I was one hour and 59 minutes. On Tuesday, three hours and 39 minutes. On, on Thursday, four hours. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Wow. I wanted to know what Anita was doing. So I put it on her phone. 
And I said to her the next day, I said, dear, well, how, how, how much time do you think this? Thing? I, this her, but she, I've got to have her permission to tell. Oh, she's like, oh, just, you know, typical addict. <laughs> oh, just a little bit, just a few times. I think about maybe, wow. We opened it up. We were both shocked. Six hours. <laughs> now, now, just to, she ain't that bad. We're working on treatment. We're just trying <laughs> to do it. But one of the things that that's recorded, of course, is when you have the screen on, like if I keep the screen on like that, it's recording that time. So Anita, I, her saving grace is she's listening to the Bible and she keeps it on so she can save the scriptures. She, uh, she is, so that's how it is. But anyway, six hours is a long time on the screen. Now, I, I, again, let me just say, that's not just six hours looking at YouTube or whatever it is. I, I might be doing an email or something like that, and on that and that email might take an hour or whatever it is. So that's work stuff. But then there's other, the, the, the other general, general stuff. It might be YouTube. It might be Facebook. It might be Instagram. It might be Snapchat. It might be whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but the average time people spend. No one believes they spend that much time. And because, again, if you check it, if you check my stuff, and I'm happy to show anybody, it says here two minutes, two minutes, four minutes, 12, 12 minutes, uh, three minutes. I mean, it, it's just like little minutes, but they keep adding up. And the minutes turn into hours, and I don't even know it. This thing is irresistible. And it's designed that way. I would encourage you, even this week, you might think, oh, boy, Pastor Adam got a problem. <laughs> Pastor Anita got a serious problem. <laughs> and, 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 and you might be thinking, not me, not me. I would encourage you to download that app this week. It's free. It's free moment. Everybody say moment. moment. Get it and have a look and see actually how much time... You're spending, if we're to redeem, if we're to make the most of every living and breathing moment, if, if, if we are called to find time, well, maybe this is a place we could find it. Maybe this is a place we could redeem some time, get back from loss. And I, I know you might be sitting there, and, and, and I just want to say, don't judge us, because you got issues. We all got issues. Some of us might have this same issue. Are we making the most of every living and breathing moment? Three hours a day. That's 1,095 hours a year. That's just average. That's not like freaky gamers and all those type of people. That's, that's 65. Listen, my people. That is 65,700 minutes of our time a year, and that is just uh, the average. Before I showed Anita her data, she, I was like, how many? And she, she was the same. That people, he said people mostly think it's half of whatever they think it is. Because no one wants to say, I've got a problem. See, here's the thing, they're designed to keep you hooked. They design them that way. How do you know that? I mean, 
Have you ever been unable to connect where you've got no wireless or no, no thing on, and, or, or no data or maybe you're out of, out of reach somewhere? Have anyone had that experience? And it's like, oh man, I, oh, I've got no signal. You'll, you'll walk to the top of a hill to get, get come on, some of you have done it. Don't, don't, don't you lie to me. Some of you don't like, oh, you'll even stretch as far as you can to get, to, to, to get a Wi-Fi. Did you, do you ex- experience stress like that sometimes when it's, when you're trying to connect, I mean, we were just traveling overseas, and I, I, I was like, as I was reading this, I was like, this was us. <laughs> Anita was out shopping, which is another addiction, and she was out there, and, and she, was, she was shopping hard out, and I'm stuck in the mall. Any men been stuck in the mall? Come on. I feel you. I feel you. I was stuck in the mall, and so every, I found myself like every 10 seconds picking up the phone, going, oh, I'm not connected. I connected. I was like, oh man, I've got no wireless. And I found like stress rising up. I was like, oh, we've got to get back home. I've got to get, I've got to go, I've got to get back home. I've got to get connected. <laughs> Who's like my posts? Who's, uh, I, I mean, I didn't act like that, but, but it's sort of, that's what's going on on that inside of me. And when we were even flying back home, and it was like when you get back home, and suddenly the wireless world was like, oh, connected. Oh, I'm preaching way good this morning, I'm telling you. When I was traveling home, when I was, we were traveling home, we had multiple airports and Bombay Airport. Here's the thing, we had no connection while we were in the car. As soon as we get into the airport, I turn around and, and what's Anita doing? And what am I, actually, what am I doing? We're trying to connect. Oh, we've, got, we've only got two hours. They give us a two-hour limit. And then when it runs out, we were actually in the airport for like three hours. And we're just, oh, no. And then we try and trick the system, you know. <laughs> Sorry, we, we, I, I mean, I, I turn around there and Anita, she's blocking people as they're getting off the airport. But everybody else who's getting off the air, aircraft is doing the, the same thing. People aren't even looking up. They're trying to get... I'm not like that. Oh, really? Have you ever been in a restaurant, you know, and you take your phone and you put it down and you're having a conversation with somebody? And then suddenly you hear, and then suddenly you hear, and it's just like, And you, you you know you shouldn't pick it up, but it's like you need somebody like my I didn't do any of this in the first the first episode. We all got a problem.
That phone vibrates, it sends notifications like who's, who, who, oh, who has responded? Who has, and listen friends, they have designed it that way on purpose. Do you know that it works actually the same way as cocaine does on your brain? It works the same way as drugs do on your brain. It's designed to do that. Like drugs, it stimulates the pleasure uh, center of the brain. When someone sends you a good email, it gives you a rush of dopamine. That, 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 that is what happens when you take cocaine. It's the, s- the same experience. That time when you, you find that new YouTube video that no one else has seen, even though it's had 48 million views, and, and you think nobody else has seen it. And hey, look, look at this video. I feel, oh. I mean, obviously, I'm doing that as an extreme. But it's a, a, it's a dopamine buzz. And not only that, it'll cause you to search, a, search again. It's designed to do that, to keep you hooked. It won't let you choose the next video. It'll, if you don't do anything, it'll choose the next video for you. It'll start rolling. You want just one more. That's, I mean, Netflix do it. They'll, they'll, they'll put it on the TV. And just before, when the last series finishes, the next one's popping up. And it's saying, watch me, watch Like people can binge for hours watching series after series after series. Not you, but people in other churches. We're trying to help people in other, <laughs> other churches. And consider the like button. Consider the like button. Do you know in the 1970s, a psychologist named Michael Zeller, he conducted an experiment with pigeons. Uh, he set up a cage with a button that the pigeons could peck with their beaks. What else would they pick with? Uh, with their beaks to be rewarded with food. But Zilla made things interesting, listen, by changing the regularity of the reward, meaning not every time they picked did they get food. He found that the pigeons who got a reward every time the button was pressed, they would pick at regular interviews, but in frequent interviews, they knew the food was always there. But he changed it up a bit. He noticed if the reward came only 50 to 70% of the time, the birds would peck more frequently and persistently. Why? Because they wanted that reward. (laughs) Because Zeta made the reward more unpredictable, the rush of dopamine to the brain became bigger, which is exactly what makes gambling so appealing to people. When they roll the dice and they come up with a winning number, the rush of pleasure is especially addictive. It is irresistible. And the author says, this same addictive feedback system can be found in social media. The like button is a perfect example. The like button dates back to 2008 when Facebook introduced it as a novelty to provide users with a quick and easy way to give friends feedback about their photos. But here's the thing, the feedback is unreliable. So every time people post something, they begin to fever. And I know none of you have ever done this, but they begin to feverishly start, uh, start waiting who, who will like it. Start wondering who, who start feverishly start looking. I just, look, I just lost my place because I pushed the button and it went somewhere else. Not the like button. But it's unreliable. So every time people post something, they begin to feverishly wondering whether it will be liked or not. This makes every post on social media a gamble with pretty high stakes. Since the people can interpret getting no likes, and this is so true, as a sign that their friends have abandoned them or that their posts are subpar. They're not up to standard. So I'll try and find another post. 
So it's no surprise that every, just about every social media platform out there now includes an addictive like button. It's irresistible. Now, this is just one area of our lives, but I think it's a significant area of modern life. And I know you might be sitting there today and going, no, that's not me. That's you, Pastor Adam. You do have a problem. But I encourage us, even as we download the app, to come back next week and say, I got a problem. Take a moment and, and do that and see where you stand, see where you sit. Because it's just one area, but, 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 but I think, like I said, it's a significant area of your life. So today I want to ask you, what are you spending your time on? If we're called to redeem time, if we're caught, and I, and I know even from the last service, I had people come and say to us, man, I am so convicted. I am so, yeah. I used to get up, I, I, I used to get up and I, I used to pray and, 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 and uh, I used to face God, now I face book. Wow. What are you spending your time on? Because it works exactly the way drugs work. At an Apple event in 2010, Steve Jobs, I've got to get that right because I called him Steve Jobs in the last <laughs> service. Wasn't doing my job right. Okay, I tried. Dad joke, dad joke. At an Apple event in 2010, Steve Jobs unveiled the iPad and, and, and said, this device is extraordinary. It offers the best way to browse the web. It's an incredible experience. It's phenomenal for male. It's a dream to type on. I don't know why they do that in a British accent, but it sounds like i got to get one of those. <laughs> and for 90 minutes, Job, Jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for 90 minutes, uh, uh, Steve Jobs explained why the iPad was the best way to look at photos, listen to music, take classes on iTunes, you browse Facebook, play games, and navigate thousands of apps. He believed everyone should own an iPad, everyone except his children. Steve Jobs refused to let his kids use the device. Why? In late 2010, he told a New York Times journalist, Nick Bilton, that his children had never used the iPad. Everybody in the world should have one of these except my kids. Why? Because he understood the addictive nature of these devices. He said, we limit how much technology our kids use in the home. Walter Isaacson, who ate dinner with the Jobs family uh, while researching his biography, Said he told, and he told Bilton this, he said, no one, while I was at their household, at their family home, no one ever pulled out an iPad or a, or a computer. The kids did not seem addicted at all to devices. Bilton went on to do some research, and he found that this is true of many of the tech giants that are out there, that they would not let, they would buy their children books, they would buy, but they would not let their children touch these devices. 
In fact, he put it like this. It was like the people who were producing this incredible technology. This, it was like the people who were producing the tech products were following the cardinal rule of drug dealing. Never get high on your own supply. Be careful how you live. Be mindful of your steps. Don't run around like idiots as the rest of the world does. Instead, walk as the wise. Make the most of every living and breathing moment. Redeem the time. Now, I, I know none of you will have a problem with this. But you may know someone who does. Maybe it's affecting their family. Maybe it's affecting relationships. Maybe they're finding it irresistible. They're just saying, oh, look, I've, just got, I've, I've had a busy day. I'm just going on to check for a few moments. They're spending time, valuable time, on meaningless pursuits. Or maybe if you're honest here today, you would maybe go, my name's Adam, and I'm an addict. And go, man, man maybe I've got a problem. Maybe I've got a, I never thought it was a problem, but that's what happens to addicts. They never, it's never a problem. No, it's no big deal, man. It's no big deal. I only need a little bit. Two minutes here, three minutes there, just a, just a, a little fix here and there. interesting in the last service I, I said to someone I, and I'm going to do it here I don't know if it'll be different or not but at the end I asked someone to just acknowledge hey maybe I'm just I, I just realized man I'm spending way more time on that than I should do, do you know that hardly anyone put their hand up and the reason I think that is is because we like me thought we hardly asked so we were, we were so surprised by what we, what we learned. And that's part of the, the whole process. It's like what drug addicts do. We don't, we don't think that we've, we have a problem. It's, it's always somebody else's problem. And so people were like, no, 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 that's not me. And I don't think we do anything normal. Like I say, if you picked up our phone, it would just say three minutes here, four minutes here, two minutes there, three minutes there. It's like everybody else maybe a few of us need to stand up and go hey I'm I'm Bob and I'm an addict we're wasting countless hours of our life on meaningless videos on useless information on just keeping our minds busy when God's saying redeem the time make the most of every living and breathing moment for one day it will be your last what can we do to help get control back and limit the effect on our lives what can we do well I'll tell you an irresistible part too next week there are things we can do to 
to mitigate the effects effects of that so right now what I want to do is talk about redeeming our time today I want to ask in this moment is it your time to get right with God can I have every head bowed and every eye closed right across this auditorium maybe you're here today and you just as I'm speaking you, you know man I need to get right with God I need to sort myself out let, I, I want to say let today be that time the Bible says that God stands at the door of our heart and he knocks and if we'd open that door he will come in you might be here and you go well Adam I can sense him knocking on the on my heart I can sense it but I, my life isn't sorted out yet I need to get get myself figured out I need to get all my my, my my ducks in a row. I need to sort of improve my life. My friend, let me tell you the power of God. You can never do it by yourself. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You can't do it by yourself, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. The gospel is not about how bad you are. It's about how good God is and what He has made available to you. Why not open the door of your heart and allow the King of Kings to come into your life? Maybe you've done that some time ago and you just realized, man, but I've walked away from God. We'll use this moment, this time, to make the best decision of your life, to get right with Him and allow Him to be Lord of your life. If that's you today, in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. A prayer that says, Christ, come into my life. Change me. Be Lord of my life. Be my Savior. Be my King. If you're here and you just go, no, that's me, Pastor. Would you include me in that prayer? Wherever you're sitting right now, would you just put your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I need to get right with God today. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, Genevieve. Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God today. Anyone else? Come on. Thank you in the front here. Anyone else? Thank you. You know you need to get right with God. Amen. Let's all pray together. Lord Jesus. I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Cleanse me of my sin. Wash me. Make me whole. Be the Lord of my life from this day forth. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer today, especially for the first time, know the Bible says you're born again.